This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Good afternoon. Uh, this is Megan Zinn, not Buzz, but Buzz is on vacation. And um, as a result, I am hosting a full hour of Cabin Fever Roundtable today with uh, two different topics and guests. Um, so it, the first, my guests are Sarah Buttonweiser and Brooke Norton. And we are going to be talking about coping and finding joy during the pandemic, but also um, during this period, which might be indefinite, where we're seeing uh, such a uh, precipitous er erosion of civil rights and justice at a time where it's very hard to cope. Um, so my, my guest, uh, a little bit about them. Uh, Sarah is a writer, community organizer, Hampshire College grad, and Northampton cheerleader. Not literally, but sometimes kind of literally. Um, and she is married to a rare book dealer slash lawyer and parent to four kids ages 26 to 14. And my other guest, Brooke Norton, is a couples and sex therapist here in the Valley. And she's been in practice for seven years. Um, so, Brooke, I'm going to direct my first question to you as, as a mental health professional. Um, so, from your point of view, what does embracing joyous things do for us physically and emotionally in times that feel really grim? What does it do for, for us? us um, individually, you know, how does it affect our emotions? How does it affect our bodies even mm. to embrace this um, when we are in, ha, are, have such stress? Yeah. So I, I think it's worth talking about like how stress affects us first. Yes. So, you know, when we get, when we're reading the news and when we're like, you know, ingesting, consuming the news cycle and understanding what's going on and how it impacts us and those around us and our nation as a whole. Um, I don't know about you, but I get like mm -hmm. very uh, sad. I get very yes. stressed. I get immobilized, kind of paralyzed. Yes, very wrapped up in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, I think it's worth noting that the news cycle is designed to keep <laughs> to keep us that way That's and true. to keep us like engaged mm -hmm. and like to continue to scroll or watch mm -hmm. or listen. Um, so taking a critical eye to that, I think is yes. really important. Um, I think, I think it's important to understand how our, how we are doing in our bodies when we get this way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to understand like how to reground ourselves mm -hmm. in whatever way. Yeah. Um, so that could be, that could be like literally anything. That could be like moving around mm -hmm. a little bit. By the way, I want to acknowledge that um, I'm an able-bodied person and mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. move around in this way. So I'm speaking from that privilege. Um, so for me, taking a walk mm -hmm. or, um, you know, m moving around, doing a little, you know, dancing or whatever is mm -hmm. fairly helpful. Um, I think if we're going to talk strategies on how to combat mm -hmm. that's that kind of paralysis. I think listening to music is yeah. incredibly important. Mm -hmm. I think making sure that we are laughing mm -hmm. once in a while, maybe not, maybe not immediately, me. like mm -hmm. after ingesting news, but like, you know, looking towards that at some point during your week, mm -hmm. having a balanced week yeah. in this way. Um, yeah, I also, I mean, I think there, there are lots of people talking about this. I'm, I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of singing in the car. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that does help. 
Um, so, um, well, let's talk a little bit about how we've been, um, you know, what our coping mechanisms have been, which in a way is the whole um, focus of Cabin Fever Roundtable, you know, what we're doing to combat cabin fever, but um, getting a little more, I suppose, granular about um, what we've been doing. So I'll ask you first, Sarah, um, you know, what, what are some, or maybe start with one key um, way that you've coped and, and even more specifically, you know, found joy during all of this? Um, I, I love everything you said, Brooke. It's just <laughs> underscoring that sort of balance seems really important. So one of the things I did, maybe not to find joy, but at the beginning of the pandemic to combat or mitigate some of that panic is I took the television away mm -hmm. from myself so that I could never watch MSNBC again. Yeah. And it was a life-saving mm -hmm. move, a mental health-saving move. So there was that side. But then in terms of finding joy, um, I've really worked hard to stay present for the people around me yeah. and feed off of mm -hmm. their energy. It is also true, like nothing about this time has been simple. Nope. So I'm feeding off their energy, but right at this moment, two plus years into this pandemic, there's nobody in my house mm -hmm. for the first time. And I am remembering how much, how hard it was to suddenly never be alone. Yeah. So I'm drinking in mm -hmm. some solitude mm -hmm. this week and it is, it's better than I thought it was going to be just to be in the quiet. So some yeah. of it is if I were to sort of put that into like one piece, I'm listening to my body more. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to myself more. Yeah. And yeah. that is really helpful because yeah. then when things feel joyous, I'm feeling them. And are you, I hope, doing a little bit of singing loudly and dancing to some music in oh, your in your quiet, empty house? I am dancing and I also, um, yeah, I, I also go to Pure Bar and yes. there are moments when you're not supposed to be dancing, like all the time, <laughs> but I anyway. dance there anyway. Yeah. I love that. Um, Brooke, tell me a little bit um, about what has worked for you um, in, in this unending effort of finding joy in the midst of all of this? Um, well, we, my partner has put up uh, bird feeders in the mm -hmm. backyard, and that's been really cool to see who's visiting. Um, but I, Sarah, you just said something about listening to your body. And mm -hmm. for me, um, I've been really learning how to, how to practice like moderation in everything. So I can apply that to different parts of my life. So like, you know, the sense of overwhelm that I get mm -hmm. when reading the news yeah. or um, listening to my sense of being full when I'm eating and knowing mm -hmm. like when is enough yeah. and really honing in on that. Um, honoring my tired when, I'm, when it's time to go to bed and not like pushing past. Mm -hmm. um, also like honoring my what I call like my spidey senses and yeah. not engaging with people who want to like drain my energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also have this thing called the five minute pleasure practice, which yeah. I, I encourage everyone to do, which is like five minutes every day of intentional, sensual mm -hmm. pleasure. That's mm -hmm. something that engages. That's lovely. Hopefully all of your senses. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe eating a, an orange. Right. Yeah. 
Right. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And and then that helps you. Anything like that helps you sort of connect to your body as yes. well. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, you know, for me, I you know I've been thinking about this a lot and. Um, you know, it's, it's big and small things. Like you mentioned having the bird feeder. And right now, like the greatest joy in my life is the fact that right now I can go into my backyard and pick and eat raspberries. Mm-hmm. And it's not, anyway, we're almost done with, at least my bushes are almost done. But like, it's magic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it makes me happy every morning to do mm-hmm. that. And, and yeah. that's also come out of a, you know, I, I've done a lot more gardening in, d- during the pandemic um, because, gets you outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we are growing a bunch of things. And it, as somebody who didn't grow up doing that, really, just the fact that there's, I can go out to my backyard and get raspberries or cucumbers or cherry tomatoes is a miracle and, and joyful. Um, and then there's the big things um, that, you know, to celebrate when they come. Like today is my uh, 29th wedding anniversary. And Happy it's like, thank you. Um, and we, we kind of went out and celebrated on um, Saturday night, but you know, to really embrace things like that, my son is arriving home. I guess he probably just got off the train um, for a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. also, also that, um, and um, um, yeah, to um, to have those things big and small, and to really lean into them and embrace them um, is is very important. And I think we'll uh, take a break now. Dan, is that time? If you want to, yeah, sure. let's do that. Happy talk, keep talking happy talk Talk about things you'd like to do This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg 101.5 WHMP With so much happening politically, we'll begin our next show with a fish wrap And then we'll speak with Sabrina Hamilton, Artistic Director of the Co-Festival of Performance. This is the festival's 31st and final season. And then we'll have our monthly comedy quiz. All this beginning Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9. And again at 5. WHMP, News, Information, and the Arts. You want to feel important. You want to be part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. But our part-time service in the Army National Guard means we get to be more. When our communities are in need, we get the chance to stand up and do something about it. We get to serve in our own region and help the people we call neighbors. From the coasts of Maine, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and New Jersey the small communities of Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, and Pennsylvania, to the dense forests of New Hampshire, Vermont, and New York, and historic Washington, D.C., we are here for our hometowns. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Army National Guard. Aired by the Massachusetts Broadcasters Association at this station. State Street Fruit Store. What the heck is a fruit store, anyway? Well, State Street opened in Northampton in the 1920s as a fruit store, selling local fruit and other produce from the valley. And even though State Street has grown to be much more, deli, wines, spirits, they are still a fruit store. And right now, State Street and their sister store, Cooper's Corner in Florence, are buried in berries, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, schnozberries. 
Okay, they don't have any schnozberries, but they've got every other kind of local berry going. State Street, Root Store, and Cooper's Corner have always offered produce, picked by our Connecticut River Valley neighbors as soon as and as long as they're available. So come get fruit at a fruit store. Northampton has always been a fruity place. We are what we eat. State Street Fruit Store in Northampton and Cooper's Corner in even fruitier Florence. What's for dinner tonight? What's on your plate is a conversation with the land, with the farmers. Local farm fresh food is all around. Get it direct from farms and farm stands, at farmers markets, at grocery stores, in local restaurants. Just look for CESA's bright yellow Local Hero label, letting you know that this is food from local farms, grown with care by friends and neighbors. Local Hero food, as fresh as it gets. My name is Silas Cobb. I'm a furniture designer and I work in East Hampton and rented space in the building owned by Riverside Industries. So I got to rub elbows with the people who are in the program. Went away with a great appreciation for the work that they're doing for supporting people with developmental disabilities. I've become friends with lots of the people in the program over the years. I have employed some of the people with many of the people. We go to a baseball game every year. It's clear to me that Riverside is offering people a reason to get up in the morning. There's a social life surrounding Riverside Industries. People are given a chance to work up to their abilities. People will share their paychecks with me, not the money, but the amount that they've earned in a week. And there's some great pride surrounding all of that. Maybe setting aside a little money so they can go to that baseball game. Any stigma that I might have attached to them has melted away over the years. People, regardless of those circumstances, are pretty much like I am. We're all very similar. RSI.org. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. This is Megan Zinn um, with Buzz on Vacation. I'm uh, hosting an hour of Cabin Fever Roundtable today, and my guests are Sarah Buttonweiser and Brooke Norton, and we're talking about coping and finding joy during really difficult, grim times like a pandemic and um, a period of who knows how long of seeing an erosion of civil rights, seeing an increase in injustice, um, which takes a huge toll on all of us every day. Um, For um, both of you, I'll I'll jump in with Brooke. Uh, Has has there been any sort of new ways that you have um, um, approached this, Um, either coping mechanisms or, you know, really finding joy, something that you did not do before the pandemic? Mm -hmm. Well, in the wake of um, George Floyd Mm -hmm. and Breonna Taylor's deaths, um, I really decided to um, take the opportunity of the time to kind of examine my own biases mm-hmm. and kind of um, kind of delve into activism. Yeah, critical. And uh, I think that I actually think that these these two things are like we were talking about joy and and you know these tough times. Mm-hmm. I actually think that um, that taking hard looks at things, mm-hmm. taking a hard look at myself and, you know, noticing my own, um, you know, if I, if I do a microaggression or if I say something inappropriate or, you know, if I, you know, the way I exist mm-hmm. in, in the system mm-hmm. and how I benefit from the system. Yeah. Um, it's hard work, but I also think it is very pleasurable work. Okay. And, yeah. and I think, 
you know, going to, you know, showing up however you can mm -hmm. for the, for yeah. your communities. Yeah. Um, being in service mm -hmm. of others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think is, is actually really joyous work, even though it is, Part. even though it's hard work. Yeah. You know, I've, I've recently come to this idea that like doing really hard things mm -hmm. is like intensely good for us. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think it's probably cathartic in a way mm -hmm. to really take stock and to be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, a f well, being honest is always freeing. Um, and I, I, I think I can, I can see that, that that can bring a certain joy to, mm -hmm. um, to really being, you know, laying, laying your cards on the table and really understanding who you are mm -hmm. and who you are in the world. Uh, Sarah, um, is there, have there been um, some new ways of coping for you of, or of pursuing joy um, since the beginning of the pandemic? Um, yes. I would say I have, I have leaned into having neighbors mm -hmm. more yeah. because especially at the beginning, it felt like that was who I had, you know? And so those, those moments of just connecting with people, um, you know, on a walk, talking porch to sidewalk 10 yes. feet away as we were at that point was really lovely. And I think also a gateway to remembering how important mm -hmm. those connections mm -hmm. were, which yeah. I, I think I took for granted because daily we're, you know, somewhere in the world interacting with other people. Right in those casual ways yeah. that really feel like they build um, some, some life to us. And I particularly made um, efforts to do some of that with people who had young kids, mm -hmm. both because I felt terribly for how much work they had to do mm. and also because I was missing them in my, yeah. in my life, you know, just sort of being... You know, I never, like, not walking into the school. My daughter was in yeah. a K-8 through yeah. school. So just, like, not seeing the little people. Not seeing little people, no. Was no really, not seeing babies, right, you know. Not seeing babies, really hard. Um, I did hang out last week with the baby, and mm -hmm. it just... No, there's joy. That was joy. <laughs> um, Always joy. But I think also, sort of similarly to Brooke's point, I, um, I am on the board of Safe Passage, mm -hmm. and it was, I began, my first board meeting was in March of 2020. So it, we did it remotely and we've, we're, yeah. we're going to have one in person this month for the uh, first time. Oh, but exciting. you know, as a result that showing up in my community for, you know, and really having to confront so many things, both the inequities of the pandemic, mm -hmm. the pivots that the organization had to make, leaning into some of the equity issues it with both within the organization and in the community mm. and having some help with that yeah was very it was i mean joy might be a funny word for it but it was mm -hmm. so deeply gratifying mm -hmm. yeah and so you know i feel um i feel very glad that the timing worked as it worked. Yeah, yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's beautiful. And I, you know, I've had a similar thing. I, I live in walking distance to downtown, and we've always been people who walk downtown, downtown Northampton. That is, and uh, we've always been people who walk a lot. But during the pandemic, we started being the people who just like did a circuit of our neighborhood most nights. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, we also have a dog that that really need. We got a new dog in 
November and she kind of has a different um, style of, of what she needs. And so we need to take her on a walk most nights. And yeah, I'm, I'm seeing my neighborhood um, in ways that I never have. And I've lived there for 24 years. Um, I'm seeing, like paying attention to like houses that I didn't pay attention to and backyards. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and one of the wonderful things about downtown Northampton is things are very... Um, there's, um, you know, houses behind other houses and, you know, there's no, zo- there was no zoning, you know, a hundred years ago. And so it's, you know, just really seeing, really seeing my neighborhood has really been um, really, really pleasurable. Um, and um, so something that, you know, we've, we kind of got into a little bit here um, in the way that you guys have talked about found, finding joy. Um, and, you know, I think people often feel, well, guilty is not the right word, but feel uncomfortable with um, trying to be joyful in really grim times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in one of the ways you've talked about it, you found a way to address the difficulties that are going on. Difficulties, that's much too small a word. Um, and, and finding joy in that. Um, and, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about how do we balance the reality of grief and the need for action at but also being at peace and being being joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if, um, Sarah, Brooke, if you have something Go ahead. you want to add to that. Well, I think pace is one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I have actually been a community organizer since my late teens. And I would say with the erosion of reproductive justice and, and rights, I mean, we've been in this for a long, long time. I spent the a- the 80s yeah. just very angry all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's not sustainable. No, it's not. So it's finding, it's exhausting. So finding um, ways of not only being there, and I, we had a little revisit of it in the, in the Trump era. So, you know, connecting with people, mm-hmm. um, I'll just shamelessly say that my my eldest child mm-hmm. is mounting a play this weekend yeah. at Three Sisters Sanctuary, which is outdoors. It's called, um, oh dear, yeah, I got to do this so fast, Grail Night. Oh, yes. K-N-I-G-H-T. And, you know, getting to go and see art is, it's, yeah. a, it's a like a, oh, this still happens. And just taking the time to remember that things are still beautiful, happening. Beautiful people are, thing. There's people are living mm-hmm. and making things all the time. Yeah. Even in the hardest yeah. moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Brooke, do you have anything to add on, you know, that finding that balance? Um, I think grief is, you know, a universal experience, especially mm-hmm. now we've yeah. all lost people in the past little while. Um, and I think those people who we've lost, they wouldn't want us to <laughs> suffer. That's, they would that's want very us good to point. try to be right. content and be mm-hmm. satisfied with our lives. Um, so the, the, if you are happy, the world is happy. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also, something that I've been thinking about is that, you know, and I think history has proven this, um, that the joy is an act of defiance in in the face of oppression. Oppressors mm-hmm. don't want people they're oppressing to mm-hmm. be joyful, this and every act of joy is is an act of resistance. And, um, and caring for oneself is an act of resistance. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Rest is a resistance. Yeah. Megan, um, do you mind if I ask a question? Sure. No, mm-hmm. go ahead. So both of you quickly mentioned uh, in the earlier segment that you have to step away from the news cycle. Yeah. 
in order to maintain a healthy balance. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering from you, how do you do that and still be informed about the very things that are impacting you yeah. directly? I've got yeah. a great answer for this. Go for Please, it. Let us <laughs> um, so my, the way that I do it is if, first of all, I have to check in with myself and make sure that I'm ready. Am I ready to look at the headlines yes, right now? Right. You have to be in the right frame and of mind. And if I'm not, then I don't engage. <laughs> and if, Smart. if I feel like I need to know what's going on, then I can like mentally prepare for the, the, the onslaught that I'm about to experience. Um, I don't necessarily read beyond headlines unless... I am very interested in what's mm -hmm. going on. So I make sure to read headlines. And I also try to put a time limit mm -hmm. on the good. amount. You know, we have to be kind of careful about we, what, what we let into our kind of sphere of influence. And um, we, need to, we need to know what's going on. We need to be informed, of course. But we also need to keep an eye on our own nervous systems. If we're so overwhelmed, then we won't be able to yeah. act. Yeah. And action is part of the important cycle here, mm -hmm. right? So we need to be able to show up for the, those that we care for. We need to be able to write to the people who need to hear our opinions, who, those who hold the power. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a, it, it's a delicate balance, I will say that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's it, we, we all need to be informed. But I also think that there are so many people, especially the elders around us, who will just leave the TV on day and night. <laughs> And um, that is that, that is that's not a healthy way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll just have it like talking in the background. It's not. That's kind of toxic. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have to. I have to. I mean, I obviously will take in the news, but I need to do it very much in a way that I'm in control of it, and um, very much. Um, at time when it. when it's right for me and not getting blind, getting not getting blindsided mm -hmm. by things. I so. think the other thing, just to Brooke's point, is. I, I have been thinking about my own activism instead of like, I'm going to change everything. I'm not. <laughs> it all sucks. I think of it as tiny citizenry. Yeah. How can I make mm. an act of tiny citizenry today? So it might be writing my rap. It might be helping something locally. It might be really doing a deep dive and understanding yeah, an issue yeah. so that I can talk about it. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think we will end there. That's a really wonderful way to think about it. So um, thank you for being here thank today you. And, and talking about joy and um, in the midst of unending difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll be back after the break. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Feeling myself as a felony, Jedi level sabotage, voices in my head make up my entourage. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Top House and Senate Democrats filed a compromise $52.7 billion annual budget that is expected to win approvals in both branches today. Budget negotiators marked up their estimate of available tax revenue for fiscal 2023 by $2.66 billion, and then spread the additional revenue through the bill. The budget includes additional funds for unrestricted general government aid to cities and towns and a Chapter 70 school aid, which would rise to nearly $6 billion under the budget agreement. Governor Baker will have 10 days to review once the bill is received and either sign it or return any amendments and vetoes.
U.S. Attorney Donald Stern will be the gatekeeper as surviving family members and veterans apply for shares of the $56 million settlement with the Soldiers' Home in Holyoke. Settlement recipients are split into two classes, those who died before June 23, 2020, and those who died after or survived altogether. The minimum settlement for survivors of the first group will be $400,000, but could climb higher than $500,000. The second group can receive a minimum of $10,000, up to $400,000. August 16th is the deadline to submit victim impact statements. And Northampton will be receiving two grants to advance shared-use bike path projects. Mayor Gina Luisera announced the 160,000 Mass Rails grant to repair a crumbling wall along the New Haven and Northampton Canal Greenway and a $238,000 grant to fund the design of a future bike path from Damon Road to Elm Court in Hatfield. For the rest of today, cloudy with showers and thunderstorms, high 78 to 82. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms, overnight lows 66 to 70. And the outlook for Tuesday, sunshine and clouds, hot and humid chance for an afternoon shower, thunderstorm, highs around 90. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Adam Stremko on 101.5 WHMP. This weekend, the Co-Festival opens its 31st and final season with a collaboration spanning Knoxville, Tennessee and Putney, Vermont. It's Linda Paris-Bailey and Sandglass Theater's Flushing, Make Room for Someone Else, a new show that deals with issues of race, legacy, and identity. After years of knowing each other as theater colleagues, Linda and Eric discover they both grew up only a few miles apart in Flushing, Queens. Though their life paths took them in different directions, they once again find themselves in a similar place in the process of handing their theater companies to a younger generation and facing the brink of retirement. Told with live performers, live music, and puppets, it's this weekend in our new home on the Hampshire College campus. And don't forget our other show this weekend, the CoFest Story Slam, Sunday at 8. Interested? Visit CoFest.com. That's K-O-F-E-S-T.com. The CoFestival, where the only certainty is surprise. Every day, financial ads claiming to be different from the competition. Are they? I'm Francis Rayum, the money doctor, and I'm about to make a bold statement. I believe the thing to focus on isn't their uniqueness, it's yours. No one has the same financial situation or needs as you, and no one can help us help you better than you. But the truth is, when it comes to managing money, most of us are not as successful as we'd like to be. No matter how focused we are, it's almost impossible to separate emotion, and being in a relationship can further compound the issue. That's why I developed Hug Your Money. Financial coaching coupled with online software and tools to empower you to manage money wisely. We guide you every step of the way to resolve immediate issues and plan for your financial future with modeling scenarios. So whether it's debt, budget, retirement planning, or a financial crisis, having a Hug Coach in your corner is like having a new best financial friend. Hug Your Money is as unique as you are. In fact, it's patented. Visit HugYourMoney.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 Hi, this is WHMP. Megan um, with Buzz on Vacation. I'm hosting an hour of Cabin Fever Roundtable today. And in the first half hour, my guests and I were talking about how we've coped and, and even found joy during the pandemic. And I think one way that people, um, and we even talked about this, have dealt positively with difficult times is to help other people and to give their time to other people to make other people's lives better. And so my next guest, Kate Cardoso, um, if I pronounce your last name right, um, um, she's really taken that approach during the pandemic. Um, Kate grew up in Northampton and currently lives here um, with her two daughters, Chloe and Liana, and her husband, Andre. 
and she's a corporate meeting and event planning consultant, which really must have been affected by COVID, and a very active community member, volunteering as a coach for Girls on the Run, and she is president of the board of Mana Community Kitchen, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, so because you really um, put your... Um, attention and energy into MANA um, during the pandemic in a way you, in really stepping up for it. So tell me, first tell us about MANA and the kind of work they do in the community. Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about MANA and my experiences. I think it's really interesting both the, the history of MANA and how MANA came mm -hmm. about and the future of MANA. Yeah. So MANA is 36 years old wow. and it opened when the state hospital here in Northampton closed oh, with the anticipation that there would be a lot of people Correct. who wouldn't be able to support themselves yes. and, and live in society mm -hmm. after having been institutionalized right. for however many oh, years. I never knew that connection. So it's a really interesting, uh -huh. uh, interesting bit of history yeah, about Northampton really. and about, about MANA. And so uh, MANA has changed dramatically over those 36 years, as any organization that old would. It was one meal a week on Sundays to start mm -hmm. out. And uh, coincidentally, I think that my parents dragged me to oh. uh, those meals once a month. It oh, was a pot potluck situation. So, history with them. Uh, so they dragged me there, mm -hmm. but I am not here against my will uh, <laughs> as president of the board. So it's I don't, a, I don't think so. another little did tidbit. not drag you for that. <laughs> Uh, and so it was then three meals a week, and it's mm -hmm. been five meals a week pre-pandemic. We're now up to six meals a week, and that was really important for us because we wanted to make sure that there was a meal available seven days a week. And yes. if we are doing six, uh, Cathedral in the Night does a meal That's on correct. Sunday. Mm -hmm. So we've covered all of the all of the days. So uh, a lot has happened. It's it's grown. It's mm -hmm. shrunk. The pandemic. It was a silver lining. It was a silver lining for me personally to be able to have the time yes. to find MANA. Mm -hmm. And it was a silver lining for MANA in terms of there being more space to step into. Mm -hmm. So we really increased the number of meals that we were serving. Uh, we're now up to between 200 and 275 meals a day that we are serving wow. from mm -hmm. either St. John's mm -hmm. or Edwards. Yep. And we also deliver meals. Uh, so right. really mm -hmm. increased there. But the biggest change for us has been this community center that we opened in February of uh, 2001. Mm -hmm. And it was right after there was a, a fire, a tent fire underneath a, a bridge. Yeah. And the weather was getting colder, as it does as in it, February. It does. And so we really wanted to create a space for people to go, to be warm, to charge electronics. We have a shower facility. We have laundry facilities. And we have staffed this center with peer support specialists mm -hmm. who can help connect guests to housing services, mm -hmm. to uh, behavioral health uh, experts to yeah. to healthcare. Uh, we have Dr. Bossy from Hilltown Community mm -hmm. Health Center who is there now once a week, and so this this really it's a, a very different yeah service that yeah. we're providing, and uh, it's it's been a great learning opportunity. But the the exciting future of mm -hmm. this now is the Resilience Hub, right? And, and, and connecting with that, and and that. So it, this is the interim Resilience Hub. We've created this place that will eventually, who knows, uh, a year, two years, three years from now, there might be a new location. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully there's what a- What is the location? There's 
to be determined. Okay. It's been a really long uh, work in progress. Okay. Uh, so they're still trying to de- decide mm-hmm. what that permanent location mm-hmm. will be. But the good news is that we have been able to create it without having yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so that's the really exciting future of, mm-hmm. of what we do here. And it we're partnered exciting. with Community Action, mm-hmm. a great partner. And so they're helping bring in other agencies into the St. John space for now with the idea that we're going to just take what we've done here yes. and move it. It and grow it once that yeah. permanent location yeah. is is done. So, so the, the hub been in St. John's? Is that where the, the hub is St. in St. John's right now? And, yes. And you serve meals at St. John's and Edwards Church. Correct. correct. Yes. Correct. So tell me, um, how, when, and how did you get involved um, with Mana? The pandemic. Yes. Uh, corporate meetings and events stopped happening. Sure did. Uh, no one will be surprised by that. Yes. And so I found myself with a lot of time on my Mm -hmm. hands. I was fortunately able to do a little bit of work, uh, canceling and rescheduling (laughs) programs. Uh, But a lot, I had a lot of time on my hands. And I don't don't do well with time Mm -hmm. on my hands. I'm not a, a, people wouldn't call me a relaxed person. (laughs) So I I really was struggling with what to do uh, with my own time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The kids were at home doing remote schooling. So I kind of needed a a break from that as well. Uh, My husband was home too. Uh, and I really was also struggling thinking about all of the people who had so much less yes. than we did, who didn't have a roof over their heads, who didn't have enough food to eat, who didn't have enough toilet paper. I mean, yeah, that's, we yes. all, I think, were uh, yes. um, struggling. It all became more stark all of the things. during the, um, the pandemic. So I really, I, I really felt this this compelling need to to get involved. And I think I started as a volunteer at the shelter when they opened the high school as right. the okay. as yes, the shelter. And that happened around the same time that I found MANA and started volunteering there. And so it was both of those experiences were really meaningful to me. Uh, and so I, I, I did both. I, I was volunteering two or three days a week at, at MANA, not in the kitchen. I am not mm-hmm. a cook. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> I am not a cook. Uh, but I, so I connected. It's beautifully ironic. <laughs> it is. It's funny. I'm really good at dishes okay. and putting, mm-hmm. you know, packaging mm-hmm. up items. That's so important. I have some skills, That's just not important. cooking. And I met Lee, and Lee is the cook and mm-hmm. the treasurer, and he – he really runs MANA and has okay. for – he has since about 2015. And I would love to have him come on uh, the show at some point because no one talks about uh, the work that we do as yeah. beautifully as, as he does. He, You could not find somebody oh, that is really more committed yeah. uh, to the mission of, of MANA. Uh, so I volunteered there, helped Lee and, and Nora. And Nora was our, our dev- development director for a while. She's on the board. She just graduated from UMass. So – Lee and Nora are just a, a, a dream team. And so being able to partner up with them and, and try and take MANA to a whole another level and support the growth, because with tremendous growth, there is uh, tremendous stress yes. and a, a real need to, to, to rethink everything yeah. and how it's done to make it successful. Yeah. Uh, Megan, this is Dan. I just want to interrupt and say that Lee actually has been on oh, the good. Afternoon Buzz show before, a couple months ago, oh, last okay. year, at the end of last year. Okay, okay. so, uh, so mid pandemic. And Dr. Bossy both came out. Oh, so, perfect. So, so in fantastic. November All right. so, of last year. So, so tell me Thank a little you. bit about how your role has evolved in MANA since the start of the pandemic, since it, you it, started volunteering. Yes, it's changed dramatically yes. in, in, in two years. So, I started volunteering. 
I said, hey, I'd love to do more and help more uh, on, on the board. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll give me probably more credibility in the community talking about MANA being a board member. So I joined uh, joined the board uh, shortly after starting to volunteer, and it was a relatively small board, uh, and they were happy to have uh, more members come uh, join them. And and then uh, there's a, a wonderful gentleman, Carl Erickson, and mm-hmm. he has been the president of the board at MANA for 30 years. Wow. And uh, so I, I met with him at, at Woodstar for coffee mm-hmm. one morning and I said, hey, Carl, do you still do you still want to do this? <laughs> you know, do, a you long need, time do you need a break, Carl? Because uh, he's done some amazing work and he probably could use a break. So I, I asked him and he said, listen, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then I became the president of the board. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um and I'm speaking uh, with Kate uh, Cardoso, um, who is the president of the board of MANA um, Community Kitchen. And um, I think we're going to take a break um, now. And when we come back, I want to hear more about how MANA, um, how they've had to change and evolve to meet the challenges of the pandemic. Um, and we'll talk about that soon. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. We have a very unique and lethal combination of emboldened white supremacy in this country and unfettered access to guns. We need to keep talking about the intersection of white supremacy and guns. Guns are used in order to you know, elicit fear and power and control by white supremacists. And it's not an issue that's going away easily. 101.5, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Hi, I'm Missy Tatro, Assistant Vice President and Senior Mortgage Originator at Greenfoot Cooperative Bank and its Northampton Co-op Bank Division. And I'm Mortgage Originator Jessica Eau Claire. Did you know you can start your pre-qualification or mortgage application online? Head on over to our new website at bestlocalbank.com and apply today. Or, if you prefer, come see us in person at one of our Hampshire or Franklin County locations. Right now, we're also giving you the opportunity to save up to $1,000 on your closing costs. That's right. You get $750 plus another $250 when we pre-qualify you for a mortgage. It's the best local mortgage from the best local bank. So come on over to the co-op and see me, Missy Tatro. Or me, Jessica Eau Claire, and save up to $1,000 on your closing costs. Close by September 30th. Be a new first mortgage customer or refinance from another loan provider. Minimum $100,000 loan subject to change or end without notice. Other conditions apply. See bank for details. Greenfield Cooperative Bank is an equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Member DIF. You can count on your friends at the co-op. Pets and people, they belong together. They help us feel calm and loved with every tail wag, kiss, and snuggle. Dakin Humane Society believes in this bond, and your support keeps people and pets together. You provide resources so animals with medical issues can get the care they need to find homes. Our pet food aid program lets people facing tough times feed and keep their pets because you care. Dakin's many programs and services help companion animals and the people who love them. To make a gift, visit DakinHumane.org. Netflix is partnering with Microsoft to offer a lower-priced ad-supported streaming plan. Microsoft's role in the partnership will be to manage sales, advertising technology, and privacy protection. The lower-cost plan will be offered in addition to Netflix's three tiers of ad-free plans. People who rented a home in June felt the full force of inflation. 
The cost of renting helped push the consumer price index up last month at the fastest rate since 1986. The part of the CPI that measures rent increased by nearly a full percentage point from May to June. Ford is recalling nearly 49,000 model year 2021 and 2022 Mustang Mach-E's. The high-voltage battery main connectors in the all-electric vehicle may overheat. The company says that could cause the vehicle to lose drive power, increasing the risk of a crash. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Hello, this is Megan Sin, um, and um, it's Cabin Fever Roundtable today, and I am speaking with Kate Cardoso, and Kate is the um, the president of the board of Mana Community Kitchen, and she... This was a this was a pandemic. I won't say project because that that diminishes it. But this was um, what Kate started into for the pandemic, and now became the president of the board. Um, what? How has Mana had to change over the course of the pandemic? How have they kind of had to, um, you know, move with this? I, I would call it a pandemic passion project. How about no, that? Is that, that a nicer beautiful. way to say Thank it? You <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Thank you. We've we've had to change dramatically. First first of all, we had to go from indoor dining room style meals mm-hmm. to to go meals. Right. And we're still doing to go mm-hmm. meals and are hoping to get back to that dining room experience because that that's a whole a uh, whole yeah, other layer community. of yeah. right community and connection, mm-hmm. and and we we're, we're missing that, and we have the community center now, which allows us to have some have more of that, but we really want to get back to the to the in in room dining, uh, and then we have the the number of meals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it doubled, tripled. Pre-pandemic level, so really the the number of meals that we're doing, the delivery, we weren't doing deliveries before, right. and and this is really volunteer-led, yes. volunteer-run. Mm-hmm. We, we have some staff, but if we didn't have our volunteers, we could not do what, what we do. So we're always so thankful yes. to have them. And they, they but they, they also love being in there. And, yes. and I, I love being in there too. There's just this camaraderie. Friendships are made. Oh, it's lovely. Every time I go there, and I try and get there at least a couple of times mm-hmm. a week uh, be- between the, do- the jobs and the kids, it, it can be hard. But something achingly beautiful happens. Yeah. It's uh, an interaction that I have mostly with a guest. And a lot of the time we hear our guests say to us, why are you being so nice to me? Oh, my gosh. And it's, it's it really, and heartbreaking. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. But it, it also shows what kind of an impact you can have on someone's life very easily yeah. by just looking them in the eye and having a conversation with them. And we do a lot more in the community center besides that. Uh, So back to the, what has changed the community center obviously Mm, is, is such a huge thing. And we've really had to pivot to be able to support both the community kitchen and the community center and make sure that, that we're running it in the way that that best supports our, our guests. So structurally, organizationally, mm-hmm. we're we're focused on making sure we we have some some strong governance mm-hmm. uh, that that we're obviously in compliance in yes, everything that we're doing. We're building our board. We're trying to recruit more volunteers yeah. so that uh, the the more people, the the better the the situation yeah. is uh, for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's been just dramatic, exciting, stressful times in trying to make sure that we can sustain what we've built, not only sustain, but, but to grow it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, have you seen, um, you know, on a difficult note, have you seen an increase even more so in the past 
six months or so with the increase of, with the inflation and um, the you know has, are you seeing that impact of inflation of pe- more people needing meals? We we have not seen it okay. yet, but. The, the people that we serve, our, our guests are the, the people who are the most vulnerable. Yes. And so sometimes I think a, a situation like we're in right now with inflation mm-hmm. and higher prices across the board, uh, I think it might there might be a delayed reaction yeah, in terms yeah. of, of how we feel this. Yeah. So we're, we're certainly prepared. And I, I would say that the the uh, what's happening with inflation aside, the other big issues that our society is dealing with right Correct. now, uh, it's its mental health. Yes. Uh, it is substance use. Mm-hmm. And so we, we are prepared, forget inflation, we are prepared to, to have to support more people who really are struggling in, in, yeah. in this society that we have created that that doesn't have the the safety nets in place to to help them. Correct. Yeah, with the um, with things coming from every direction. Right. Sometimes it feels like it. Um, so, how has working with Mana changed you? How has it how has it impacted you as a person? Drastically, <laughs> <laughs> drastically. It was. I was just telling Lee this uh, this morning. I, I told my husband this weekend. I said, I think this is my midlife crisis. And I said, You're lucky. That's You're lucky that this is crisis. my midlife yeah. crisis, because it's allowed me to have this purpose and passion mm-hmm. that I, I I needed. I think I needed it. I needed it because of the pandemic. I needed it because I have been wanting to give back in mm-hmm. a really meaningful way and have not had not found my place. Yeah. And this is my place, and there really isn't a, uh, isn't anywhere else I'd I'd like to be. It just it feels right. I've been able to take what I've learned from Mana and incorporate it into into my work. Oh, yeah. uh, so now on these travel programs mm-hmm. I do, there's a food insecurity initiative component, and so I've Wonderful. done it in Puerto Vallarta and Aruba. Oh, that's uh, I've Excellent. done it in uh, yeah. Monterey, California. So this has changed how I look at at everything mm-hmm. really. Uh, and I'm I'm really grateful for that perspective. Yeah, it must really change when you're planning an event and planning a big meal, a big lovely meal for a lot of people. You must see that so differently. I, I do for the, the for better or worse. <laughs> for better right? or for worse, right? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and obviously it's impossible to know what your COVID experience would have been without getting involved with MANA, um, without like, you know, going back in time and having an alternative um, life and universe. Um, but do you have a sense of the difference? Um, this has made in your COVID experience? It helped me through COVID, certainly. Uh, My family, was. I was bringing my daughters there. My husband goes. I've gotten my siblings and my my parents to get involved. Made it a family affair. And and it really, uh, during the the worst of COVID, it was the only way of having a a socially acceptable time with friends. So I would get friends to go and and (laughs) we'd have a really... And and make food. And it was okay, but it wouldn't have been okay in any other circumstance. So it it helped me through the pandemic in in a lot of ways. And I, I think if it had been anything other than MANA, it might not have stuck. So I'm really yeah. glad that it was MANA because I, I'm i stuck to MANA and hopefully MANA is stuck to me. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> How have, your, um, have you seen it impact your kids being involved with this? Have you seen um, in ways that they've grown and learned by participating in MANA? Yes, they're preteens, okay. so it's a little bit tough. Um, <laughs> but I, I do, and even even the language that, that we use, because there is a whole nother way of talking about homelessness and yes. about food insecurity that um, that I've really, I'm grateful that they've had the experience to hear. And I've, I'm grateful that they've had the experience to, to see what we do. And it's 
destigmatizes in a lot of ways, and it, yeah. it makes them understand that that people, the guests of Mana, they're they're there because they've had some really hard life experiences, and so I think it, it creates more empathy and yes. more compassion. Mm-hmm. And whether they admit it or not, I really do think <laughs> it's a good for them. It's like me yeah. being dragged there by yes, my parents. Exactly. Yeah, They'll talk yeah. about this in thirty years. Exactly, <laughs> it, it'll come back, and it's 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 getting into into their the fiber their fiber. Right. Um, so tell us how people can support Mana. We're looking for always donations, always volunteers for both the the community kitchen and for the community center. You don't have to be good at cooking. I'm here telling you that, and I don't cook. Right. Uh, there's prep. There's uh, mm-hmm. there's veggies. There's dishes. There's there's cleaning. There's handing the meals out at the doors mm-hmm. and having that experience, that exchange with our guests, yeah. which adds a another uh, layer of uh, that's really special. And then then our community center and helping check people in mm-hmm. and uh, make sure that we just have people there to support uh, to support the guests. So mananorthhampton.org is our website, and all the information about getting involved. Uh, is on the website. Good, good. And I assume people can donate monetarily to to MANA if they so choose. Absolutely. That also can be done through the website. (laughs) That's wonderful. Um, So my my guest today has been Kate Cardoso. And... um, she is the president of MANA, which, which came out of her um, needing to do something during the pandemic, um, which is really lovely. So thank you for joining us today, and thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, and I think that's, that's it for us today on uh, the Cabin Fever Roundtable. Thank you. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. AA made all the difference in my life. I noticed that most of the goals I had as a kid were slipping by. I didn't feel like the person I hoped to be. After all those years of drinking, I I really didn't know myself. When I was out there drinking, I was always looking for the next great party to make me feel all right. With AA, I found a better way of life, and I feel good in my everyday life, even without a drink in my hand. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Online and in-person meetings. For more, call 413-532-2111 or visit westernmassaa.org. Northampton Neighbors is free of charge and open to all with a range of social and volunteer opportunities as well as services and support for members 55 and older in the city of Northampton. Need help? Want to help? Join us as a member, a volunteer, or donor. Northampton Neighbors is about more than aging in place. We're about engaging in place, this place. Find us online at NorthamptonNeighbors.org. Or the call only us live and local talk in the Valley and for the Valley. WHMP Northampton, WHMQ Greenfield, a Northampton radio group station. It's 5.11.